Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,528. My whole attitude was, they want me to come here, I'm going to have to get what I want. And so it ended up working out. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited today to share with you a very special guest calling in from Mountain Brook, Alabama. Sounds like a lovely place, Rob Conrad. Rob Conrad is the host at iHeartRadio Birmingham on Magic 96.5, the magic morning show with Robin Hillary, where he's been entertaining listeners since 1992. Rob also produces a podcast titled Collecting Cars with Rob Conrad. And he owns and operates Rob Conrad's Classic Cars. The business started as a little simple idea, and it's bloomed into a wonderful operation, chauffeuring lovebirds to and from occasions, including weddings and anniversaries, Valentine's Day, and other meaningful adventures. Rob is an active automotive enthusiast and belongs to several Packard clubs. His 1956 Caribbean has a fascinating backstory, and his 51 Packard 250 Sporting Convertible, which he lovingly named Ruby, is the star of his business, making memories for couples never to be forgotten. I'll be back in a minute to talk with Rob, but first, a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah! possible. We'll be right back. Hey, Cars Yeah! I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you a Cars Yeah subscriber? If you're not, go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free filler up book. It's a very cool book I created of fuel filler fun, some very cool imagery, and great quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get my weekly email follow-up and my weekly blog. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send it to you right away. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, Rob, welcome to Cars. Yeah, my friend, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, but Mark, unlike most of your guests, I just have the, you know, the lap belt because I have two Packards and that's all they have. I put those in the car, see, so no real safety precautions, right? Yeah, you know, those cars originally, did they even have seatbelts? No, no, not even okay. the 56. So uh, it's it's something that I put in. The, the Caribbean that I bought, the 56, the previous owner had done that. 
And I did it for the 51, largely because of the wedding business, but I, I wanted to be safe, so I put those in the front seat as well. You know, I've had a couple old cars, and I put lap outs. I had a 66 GT350 Mustang, and it had those lap outs that had that airplane buckle thing. Yeah. And yeah. when I first got the car, every time I looked at that wood steering wheel, I thought, if I ever hit anything, I'm going to be picking splinters out of my gums. <laughs> um, I think I need a three. So I had a three-point retractor harness put in it just for safety's sake. And oh, yeah. Then, uh, of course, the back seats didn't have belts, so I did the same so I could take my kids for rides. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, not a bad idea when it comes to some of these old cars. Not a lot of protection. Well, before we jump into the questions here, I want to ask you this. What's maybe, you know, you've been in the industry so long. You're an, you're an entertainer, really. I, I, you're, I call you one of my celebrities here, and I'm really happy to have you on the show. But what's one thing that maybe a lot of people don't know about you, Rob? Well, I have been around a long time and have been on the air a long time, but I think most people don't know <laughs> this this kind of embarrassing, but I don't think most people really know how old I am. And I'm old. I'm 72 <laughs> years old. And and I think most people, when they hear the show, don't think of me as that person just no. by the way I sound and by the things I talk about that I do. And I think that's kind of important because as as we talk about my career and so forth, You'll find out that that's a big part of my longevity is, you know, staying in shape, staying current. And I think that's a big part of it all. I, you know, it shocks me too, Rob. I mean, I, I listen to your voice. You're like a 45-year-old, at least. I mean. I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story. When I got in the business, I was 18 and I was in Spokane, Washington. This is my first station. I went from the college at Eastern Washington State College there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they would, I would be on the radio and my brother would say to all his friends, my brother was two years older. And he'd say, well, there's my brother on the radio. And they'd say, well, geez, what is he, 30, 35 years old? Well, hold, hold your brother. <laughs> no, he's 18. And yeah. it really hasn't changed dramatically over the years. And so I'm thankful for that because we all know that you'll picture a 72-year-old man in your in your mind's eye. And you're shuffling along and hello. You know, I'm oh, going to the to early. Back day when we yeah, had so, cars, we had to put oil in them. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> my mental attitude is probably still 40, 45, if, and if well, not younger, you know? You know, that's the key to longevity, exactly. It's it's a couple things. Doing things which you love, staying busy. I remember when my father retired, I went by his house one day and his TV was in the trash can. I said, would your TV break? And he goes, no, I threw that death box out. He said, I realized all my friends who'd retired were sitting around watching TV and dying. I'm not going to do that. So I'm getting well, rid of that, that damn thing. Yeah, yeah death box. <laughs> I love that because, you know, I, I see a cardiologist just keep my heart into my dad died when he was very young. He was only 59. So oh, I've goodness. ever since I got into my 50s, I've been going and she's been keeping track of me. And, and she said yeah. the same thing. So many guys retire and die. Yeah, you can't sit around. And, you know, that's part of what Cars yeah is all about. Inspiring automotive enthusiasts, people like you, 72, still out there, still active, still contributing. Still doing something for people, bringing smiles to people's faces, not only in your car business, uh, transporting and chauffeuring lovebirds around. I love that whole concept, (laughs) but also being on the air. And here we are today, inspiring some people, I hope, uh, during a time that is a little bit challenging for the world and maybe a lot challenging for the world. So I think it's great. Well, let's start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires spinning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Rob, grab the wheel. Okay, it's it's a little bit R-rated, but and I'll, I'll tell you how it came to me. I was working in radio in San Francisco at my dream station, the station I'd always wanted to get to, and this was back, I arrived there in the, in the 1980s, about 1983, 
And there's a guy there. It was a KFRC in San Francisco, the big 610. This was one of America's powerhouse AM top 40 stations. There was KHJ in Los Angeles, KFRC in San Francisco, WABC in New York, WLS Chicago. And so I had always aspired to work at KFRC. I got there and, and became friends with my, my coworkers. And there's a guy named Chuck Browning who was working there. And we were just talking about things. And and radio at the time was a lot different, and this may not be as appropriate today, but in 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 a sense it is. He said to me, when they come after you, referring to a radio station or an employer, he says, when they come after you, you've got them by the balls. And that meant to me, you know, if they come in after you knocking on your door saying, we would, Mark, we would really like you to work here. We want you. This is why we want you to come. You do have a negotiating upside. And I found that to be the case when I came to Birmingham a million years ago, I had a figure in mind that I wanted in some working conditions and the station didn't want to pay that much. And, And my my whole attitude was, if they want me to come here, I'm going to have to get what I want. And so it ended up working out. So I, Chuck was right. <laughs> the key is, how do you get them to come after you? That's the next step. That's the magic yeah. the magic bullet there that, uh, well, it just has to do with hard work and, and being passionate about what you do and, and loving what you do and building a nice contingency of people who love what you do. And there you go. That's all it takes. Yeah. It's really easy, isn't it? it just Absolutely. Takes a, lot of, a lot of time and a lot of work. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up these days? You have a multifaceted career. You're on the radio. You have a podcast. You have your classic car business where you chauffeur people around and you you share some love with your car, Ruby, there. Uh, so let's talk about those different aspects of your life. What has you excited and fired up these days about Rob Conrad's life around cars? Well, you know, the car thing is really fun for me. It's really expanded my my world, not just with clients. No, it's a wedding transportation business. That's the primary focus. We do other things, too. We've taken elderly people to country clubs for, you know, their 80th birthday and so forth. But the fact that I meet all these people in the wedding industry and the car business, it's just been such an expansion. See, I started it in 2014. And... Just think of all the people I've met, dozens and dozens and dozens, close friends, and getting into the clubs, the car clubs, making those connections. Wow, that's that's really exciting to me because if you take any individual, their circle of friends is generally pretty small. They have two or three people at the most they're probably very close to. But the more people you meet, have interactions with, it just broadens your world and gives your day a brighter perspective. It really does. And you have more people you can turn to if you need someone to talk with or just share some something that might be on your shoulder. So that has been the biggest part of that business. I got it. You know, largely, we got it started for my stepson, who was between jobs. He, we thought he'd be the chauffeur. Well, he ended up that he really landed on his feet doing something else. And so I just wanted to take it over myself, and I've had a great time doing it. The radio thing has been great for me. It's been a great career. I started in Spokane in 1967. Think of it. Beatles records, Rolling Stones records, they were vinyl. (laughs) They were new back then, and I was playing them. And so this going through the technology evolution that's occurred has been amazing, and I think I've remained on the air and still desirable for my employer to keep me because I've evolved through those changes. I haven't stood, you know, probably a lot of people in my age group, they're very not, they're not very sharp with technology and they Mm -hmm. resist it. You've got to understand the changes that are coming and they're coming monthly in this business and you, you have to embrace them, learn them 
and uh, it'll expand your horizons. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you touch on two things here I think are really important. One is the car world. I really have learned after, well, you're my 1,528th guest here on Cars, yeah, and in almost six years, that the car hobby is really unique. Uh, it brings people together from all walks of life. Kind of, well, it doesn't kind of, it erases everything that sometimes keep us separated, socioeconomic, gender, whatever it might be. Everybody who loves cars has an instant friend and somebody else who has cars. And I've had people that have been in meetings that when I call them for a question about a car, they'll step out of the meeting and pick up the phone. I have a, a friend who's a neurosurgeon. He just recently retired, but I remember back, he used to come and hang out with me on Thursday nights. We'd have boys night out and we'd have dinner. And we'd stay and work on cars and other friends would come over. And one night he was a little late and I called him and this lady answers. Uh, and I said, is, is Bill there? And she goes, well, just a minute. And I hear this sound in the background and I like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm waiting, going, what is going on? Is he working on a car? And he comes on, he goes, hello? And I go, Bill, where are you? We're supposed to be going to dinner. And he goes, oh, sorry, I had an emergency come in. I'm doing a brain surgeon. <laughs> you know, that's what I, when you made that sound, I thought, that sounds, <laughs> he's going into a skull if he's a neurosurgeon. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, you took my phone call? And he goes, well, we're, we're waiting. You know, he goes, they cut him open. I go in, I operate, they close him up. He goes, so I'm, I'm waiting to go in. And I'm like, but you, you took my call. He goes, well, I'm not doing the brain surgery yet, you fool. I wouldn't have taken your call. But that's my point is car guys, car gals will stop and help anybody. I've I've been traveling in this great country and had a car problem and I just get online and all of a sudden somebody drives up and brings me gas who I've never met before. I, I think great? that's really true. And the other one is technology. I've learned with doing what I'm doing, you have to keep up. But it's so easy today. And I'll have people that will say, well, I, I don't want to use Skype. I, I don't know how that works. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's so easy. You just Google it. I mean, I, I built my whole website by watching Google or YouTube, I should say, yeah. tutorials. Yeah, you just have to do it and start diving in and pushing buttons and seeing what happens. So, yeah. it's uh, Well, it's I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something else, Mark. I... You know, just by our connection to do this podcast today, just seeing how you set things up and what you're doing, so much more professional than what I'm doing on my podcast. And I and I aspire to take oh, some of these things well, that you're laying you. out before me I'm, and and, I'm and, and and incorporate them. No, you do you do an amazing job. I really really want to congratulate oh, you. you. Well, thank you. I, I'm a, a kind of a tidy fit guy. My my kids say I'm wound a little tight, but I like <laughs> things to be in order. And uh, do things a certain way, and of course, be professional and be respectful of people. So that's the, the why I do it. But that's that's uh, makes me feel really good. Thank you very much for those Thank very kind words. Let me ask you this: I mean, for somebody who's been in radio and and now you've embraced podcasting and you combine it with your car fun, when did you realize that you know what this is what I want to be doing for my life? I mean, did it happen way back when? Obviously, sixties, uh, you started in this business at eighteen years old, which is incredible. But the fact that you've you're still here means that you must love what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. If you think about the different occupations you can have, this is really a great joy because you get to become friends with a multitude of people. That's the bizarre thing. I'm telling you, Mark, it's, uh, I was thinking of telling you this story when it happened. I said, you know, I want to tell Mark about this because you'd be interested. I'm uh, going to the Publix just the other day, and, you know, we're all in this strange situation now with this virus. Our whole world is different. It's all upside down. But, 
human communication is still so crucial and probably now more than ever, but I was exiting my car, walking in, and there was a woman who's coming down just uh, another row, and she looked over and she saw me and she said, hi, I I just want you to know that I listen to you every day. I had never seen this woman before. (laughs) I had no idea who she was, but... The, see, there's the connection that she ha- yeah. she knew me from the thousands of appearances I've made in this market, or we do a TV thing every morning, and I don't know how she knew my face, but that's it's so great to know that people think of you as a friend. It really is the best ever, you know. And that's what we do. You know, we're in our show. We're not a, a hard news station. I'm not a news reporter. I'm not a, a conservative talk show host. We are sort of middle of the road, just helping people get through the day, talking about positive things. We play music and we talk about the weather and the traffic, but it's just a situation where we try to share our lives, and we do that every morning, what's going on with us and our families. And it's a great joy, so I love it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a wonderful story. I had a similar situation. I was on an aircraft, and uh, a gentleman noticed I was reading Car Magazine. He said, hey, man, mm-hmm. look at that when we're done. We're flying across the country. And I said, Sure. And we, I said, do you like cars? And we started talking. And all of a sudden he said, wait, you're Mark Green from Cars. Yeah. And I, I kind of <laughs> smiled and you feel warm, like somebody knows me, yeah. Ma. See, I made great? it. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And his wife leans over and she said, I'm sick of your voice. And I went, excuse me. And she kind of laughed. She goes, he listens to you every morning when he's in the shower and he has it turn on really loud and your voice is all through the whole house. I hear you every day. And, <laughs> and I said, well, I'm sorry. What's your name? I'll do a shout out next time. You know? <laughs> But it is heartwarming when you know you touch people, and that's what I try to do here is bring inspiring stories from people like you, Rob, and and all the other people that have been on Cars Yeah and the people coming up in the future that, you know what, if you want to have fun in your life, there's a way to do it. And people like Rob and many others have figured out ways to do it, and you should too, because this time we have on this planet, uh, Mm. we just never know when it's going to be over. We need to have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's take a short break, thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back with that Under the Hood Challenge question. So we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? 
If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt and it's probably the only book on finance with a vmax on the front cover and a classic mini cooper on the back the book's available at amazon for just ten dollars and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future i gave copies to each of my children all securities are through money concepts capital corp christopher kimball financial services is not affiliated with money concepts capital corp get your copy the saga of ike and penny today All right, Rob, we're back. And I asked all my guests this question, and that is share a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the line. You've been around long enough that maybe you faced a few of these in your in your lifetime. And not so much to drum up a bad part of your past, but it's more about what was the lesson learned so you can move forward. So walk us through a, a situation. Well, what a great question. Anyone who's been in radio as long as I have, believe me, <laughs> they've had some challenges and they've had some disappointments and failures. Probably the biggest one and I know you're familiar with the station. I worked for King Broadcasting in Seattle, oh, the AM station, yeah. yep. King 11. And back in the day, in the 70s, there was a huge top 40 battle between KJR and KING. And it was fantastic. The KJR would always edge us out. They would always be a little bit more on top, but we would give them great runs for the money. We were a very explosive station. And this 50,000-watt signal that went over the top of the globe, and we'd get calls and letters from people in Norway. but uh, I became the program director of that station, and then we got into the 1980s, and FM all of a sudden was rearing its massive head, and AM listenership for music stations was dying fast. And so we did what we could, and we changed the format, but I remember one time my, my manager, my boss, Keith Lawless, took me to lunch. We're out on Lake Union and a nice lunch, and there were some ducks out there swimming around, and he said, ah, those ducks have got lucky. They, they don't have any worries, but I got to tell you, Rob, we got to make a change. And so, I mean, we had worked so hard making this format change, and I love Seattle. I love my life there. Everything was great. And all of a sudden, that was gone. I mean, I, I tell you, it was tough. It really was. So how I overcame that? Well, here's a key point. Whether you're in the car business, radio business, aviation, whatever you're doing, you have to have relationships with people. Don't burn bridges. So rather than scream and pout on the desk, you know, I said, I understand that's the way it is. And I relied on the relationships I had made with the previous ownership, or excuse me, the, the management that was there, uh, a couple of guys named Alan Mason and, uh, and, his, and his boss, whose name is escaping me right now. But anyway, they had gone on to, uh, to San Francisco. So I got a hold of them on the phone. I said, well, I'm done here. Do you guys have anything? To, uh, yeah, we could use you in San Francisco. So suddenly I got an immediate pay cut. I mean, pay increase. I had gotten more money by going to San Francisco and had a great job down there and then ended up after a couple of years going to KFRC that I'd always wanted to work at. So it all worked out for the best. So maintain the relationships. Don't burn the bridges is my key point for the whole that whole talk right there. Yeah, it's a golden nugget, especially for younger people that maybe haven't been around the block as many times as you and I have been around the block. It's so important. And I've always told that to my kids and to other people. I, I work as a 
or I offer my mentorship to other young people that are working. And I always say, you know, you'd be like a racetrack. You don't look at right where you are. You look way down the track where you want to go all the time. And if you think you have job security, no matter how good you are, you don't because other things happen. Like right now, I look at all the people losing their jobs now that three weeks ago, they never thought anything could go wrong with their careers. And boom. And even, even that comes to preparing yourself, having a landing pad, as I say, some money in the bank, that rainy mm-hmm. day fund, uh, just in case, but also talking with other people all the time and letting them know what you're doing. And today, think about you and I back in the day, how hard it was to communicate with people that weren't like in your building. Now, texting and messaging and social media, I mean, you can stay in t- touch with people you've never even met and you feel like you're friends with them. So there's no excuse today for not staying in touch and that burning the bridge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't ever burn bridges. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't know what that means, Google it. You'll figure it out. <laughs> and it just comes down to being nice and being kind and being professional. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I saw uh, this morning in a Facebook group, I'm part of a car group. The guy who runs it said, Hey, now's not the time to be flaunting your fancy cars and money. A lot of people are out of work and have lost a lot of money in the market. Uh, maybe now's not the right time. And right. it's like, yeah, don't shove it in people's faces. Well, let's go back in time and talk about your story, a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. I'm guessing you've been a car guy for a long time. Is there a pivotal moment in your life, though, as you look back when you knew you were indeed a car guy? And it's kind of funny because there's there's a couple of main events. And, and my father loved cars, but he wasn't a collector or anything. But when I was a little kid, and you remember that back in the day before the bucket seats, the straight bench seat, I could get next to him and he would let me put my left foot on the accelerator when I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. And that, that started the passion. Man, look at this. I can make this car go faster. But I think it really started... In Spokane, my uh, uncle, Tom Price, owned Tom Price Chrysler Plymouth. And he would, uh, he gave us an old 47 Plymouth for my brother and I to disassemble in the garage. And, we, you know, we, so we had this old car. This was in the 60s, but we had this old Plymouth in the garage and we could, you know, mess around with it. And then a friend of mine, uh, he actually, a friend of mine made, and I bought from him, uh, 1929 Ford Model A. The Ford had a 51 Chrysler Hemi in it, had a Packard transmission, an old Ford rear end, and a 47 Ford rear end that would, this Hemi would snap axles at the drop of a hat. So I learned how to go to junkyards and find axles, put them in. You know, I, we took the, the heads off one time and put on new head gaskets and put in a new clutch. Stuff that I never would have done before if, if this car wasn't always breaking. So it was it was fun car for that reason. And the fact that we had a 29 Ford with a Hemi bulging out the side was really fun. So <laughs> we had a lot of fun, you know, just messing around with those cars. And, and then we'd go to the drag strip, Deer Park drag, drag strip north of Spokane, where uh, in 63, the other Plymouth dealership got a hold of, you know, the 426 wedge car and w- would drag race it there. And I just was marveling at the way that thing would go down the, the strip and, you know, the front end would shoot up a little bit every time the guy would shift. And I thought, God, that's awesome. And so I, I really became a Mopar high performance enthusiast at that point. But th- that's kind of the story about how I got into it. Yeah, lucky fun. Well, how about your first special vehicle? Was that it or was there something else that came along that? Raise your eyebrows. Oh, my, really a special story. And if uh, your listeners 
will check out my podcast. There's a podcast on there with a guy named Chad Parrish, who was a broadcaster in Spokane. And in 1965, uh-huh. he bought, he went to Dodge City in Spokane, bought 1965 Dodge Coronet 500, 426 street engine with a Hearst shifter, black bucket seats. So we are in 1965 kids in this car. I'm a friend of Chad's. We're driving around. And I love this car. And I said to Chad, if you ever sell this car, I want it. So in 1969, I bought that car from him and I kept it for 14 more years. But that was my my first special car. And the podcast I was talking about with Chad, it really details what happened. Because in the, about, uh, about seven or eight years ago, he wanted to find that car and his search for that car and what happened. It's quite a story. That is really cool. So those things came with a, I think it was a 383 ported engine. Uh, if I have my car right, but a lot of those things end up getting souped up a bit, modified, of course. I mean, everybody, every kid touches sure. the cars, but that's kind of cool that you ended up with that. So well, where can my listeners find your podcast? Yeah, uh, it's Collecting Cars with Rob Conrad, and it's available like yours wherever you get your podcast. I'm with iHeartRadio, and it's easy to find on there. You just you can go to the games and hobbies section and there's a bunch of car podcasts on there and collecting cars with Rob Conrad is, is mine. And you'll find that story on there with me and Chad Parrish. Yeah. I think you listeners will enjoy his podcast greatly. You probably feel like I do. Why did these podcast apps not have an automotive category? It's like, what? <laughs> oh, it makes me so mad. It's like, come on. There's a lot, lot of car podcasts out there these days. Use your um, influence. Why don't, uh, well, okay. I'm going to call them as soon as we're done. iHeart, come on. Get off the dime. All you folks. Yeah, I always thought, I've scratched my head since I started this, why there isn't an automotive sector there. I mean, especially when you have a, a big player like Adam Carolla in the market. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's got a huge audience. So there you go. Here's a very introspective question for you, Rob. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you were actually manifest as a vehicle, what would Rob Conrad be and why? I'd have to think about that and, and, and give you um, an honest answer. Uh, my 56 Packard Caribbean convertible, I see that car kind of as, as me. I, I, I just love the feel of it, the way uh, people react to me when I'm in it. it is, you, you, see, you have to understand, I own two Corvettes. A lot of people, Corvette lovers love Corvettes, and they wave at each other and stuff, and there's you know, a huge following, of course, but some people can care less, and they send a Corvette, and that's it. But this car, even if they don't know what a Packard is, they know it's a beautiful, beautiful old car, and I just love everything about it. It was the last year for the real Packards made in Detroit, and it's just a beautiful, magnificent machine loaded with with amazing technology that was ahead of its time that still works today. I mean, the car is amazing <laughs> how reliable it is and how good it still is. I'm astounded by it, to be honest with you, and I that'd be me. There I am. You're reliable. You're still good looking. You can still move around. I mean, you fit all, all the, the boxes Thank you. there. I guess that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, make sure you go to the Cars yeah website, click or do a search on Rob Conrad, and you'll find a picture of that beautiful car right there on his show notes page. All right, Rob, we're up to the checkered flag here. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle, that Caribbean throttle. Here, so here we go. What is one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success all these years? Well, I mentioned one of them earlier, and that is the ability to change. Accept it. Know that it's going to happen. It's going to happen no matter what field you're in, so accept it. 
Don't fight it. Learn it. And the other thing, it's, it's, you know, it's really simple. You talked about this earlier, and that's being nice to people from the person at the very front desk of any business you go into, because that person in another five or 10 years might be running the show there. You just never know. And there's no <laughs> you sense. Never know. You know, I, I really dislike the people who are rude and arrogant with waiters and servers at restaurants. Those are people. Those are human beings. Be nice to people. You, you don't, it all comes around. Believe me, I've been around this long. The friendships I've made and the people I've dealt with and the, the whole thing is all interconnected. And you you go out and, and be a, a a rude person, it'll come back. To, you know, karma has a way. <laughs> I really oh, think yeah. it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, just be nice. I had a good friend, a bit of a mentor. He was an excellent salesman way, way back when I was in advertising. He sold print. And he was just the nicest guy. And he took me to lunch one time and he told me this fantastic story. Because at that time, I, I was at an advertising agency. I was a creative director, but I wanted to make more money. So I asked my boss, how can I do that? And he said, go out and bring in business. So two days mm-hmm. a week, I put a suit on and went out and knocked on doors and went in. He had to get through that front receptionist who yeah. was the barrier there to talk to the boss. And he told me a story. He goes, that's the person you want to be friends with because she will open the gates to allow you into the kingdom where you can whatever you're selling. And he said he had a friend once who wasn't the nicest of people sometimes. And he finally got into this business and he was sitting down with the CEO of this big company. It was a huge account. And he made the comment, you know, the gal who works at your front desk, she's not very nice. Mm. Well, that happened to be the CEO's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of blew that account right out the window. So uh, yeah, be nice to people, you know? I mean, that's all it takes. It's not that hard. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that person be? And What's one question you might ask them? You know, that person is, in my mind, has really been uh, highlighted for a lot of us with the movie Ford versus Ferrari. And that person would be Carroll Shelby. I, I really admire everything he did. And I think the movie brings that out. How he stood up to corporate America for the things he believed in and knew were right. And what an incredible career that man had. What question I'd, I would, I'd like to ask him, I'd, I don't know, I'd just like to say, Tell me where you, all your ideas come from. How do you how do you think of what you're going to do next? Does it come to you in the shower? Do you sit down with friends and put it on paper? How do you get these ideas? How does it happen? Yeah, yeah. He was a fascinating guy. I got to meet him a few times. Never got to spend real, really much time with him. But every time he just had a sparkle in his eye. I think he just was a character. Obviously, he was mm-hmm. a character. One <laughs> of those people that just had a way about him and got stuff done. I had a wonderful I had a wonderful weekend. I got to, my wife and I got to spend the weekend with uh, Peter Brock and his wife Gail. And we were sitting out on his uh porch there overlooking uh, Las Vegas and the sparkling lights at night and I'm kind of going, "Man, how did I get here? This is cool." And I was just asking Peter stories and he worked with Carol Shelby. Uh-huh. And I said, "Tell tell me a little bit about working with Carol Shelby." And he just started laughing and goes, we don't have enough time. <laughs> we could sit here all night and all tomorrow night and the next night. He said he was just one of those characters in bigger than life. And his brain was always going a thousand miles an hour of trying to figure out how to get things done. But his one thing he said was, he goes, you know, old Carol, uh, he said he just was always on the, the go. And his whole thing was, how do I get this done? I, I got to get this done. He was just moving at this pace. Mm. Well beyond everybody else. It was always way down the track. And maybe that was where his racing history came into Uh, play with his life is you're always looking down the track at that checkered flag. You got to get there. It's not where you are now, where you got to get. So uh, 
Yeah, he was a, a wonderful guy and boy, brought a lot of smiles to people's faces. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you? Very quick and to the point. Uh, my 65 Dodge I told you about that I bought from Chad. At one point before I uh, I left Spokane and went over to Seattle, we took the car to Seattle. When we moved over there, there was a, I had the engine rebuilt. A guy named Ron Pryor in Spokane, and it's, it's amazing that this must have had a big impact on me because I remember his name. And he finished that engine, and the car looked fabulous, and the engine was in there. You know, it had beautiful chrome valve covers and just been rebuilt. And he said, I want you to remember one thing. Change the oil regularly in this car. And he made, he made a point of it. He said, you know, you don't. And back then, he, he, li- he liked to change it every 1,000 miles. And, of course, we, we've gone well beyond that. But the point of changing the oil and, you know, that maintenance schedule – I think that's that's so important to keep cars young and keep them going. And, and there's small things that we can't ignore. I, and especially old cars. And it's so inexpensive. And I have a brother-in-law who ran an engine building business for years. And he would tell me stories of people that bring cars in and they'd unscrew the oil pan and nothing would come out. <laughs> you know, it's oh, like, no. Seriously? Yeah. Um, or, or you know, stuff that was just blobbing out that, you know, when when did you change the oil? Yeah. I've never changed the oil. So uh, easy yeah. to do. Yeah. It is. It is. And, and especially for old cars. Even nowadays, my newer cars, I just can't go with their 7,500-mile schedules. I can't yeah. do it. I, I do it every <laughs> 3,000 miles. I just like, you know, it's so inexpensive and, uh, and anybody can do it. Uh, but, you know, you can take it places to get it done pretty inexpensive too. How about a resource? Is there a go-to resource that you tend to use often that you think our listeners would enjoy? Well, it's not a particular place because we all know no matter what type of car you have, we can find parts for them, and in, 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 whether it's a collectible Packard or if you're into Ferraris or Tri-5 Chevys, there's places we all know we can get those parts and, and go to. But the most valuable thing, the most valuable resource for me is the connections I was talking about earlier. You find a mentor in your group. Let's say for me, it's Packards. And I've got a couple of friends that know everything about them. One of the guys is a mechanic and he works on him. The other guy is a historian, so to speak. He's a walking, talking encyclopedia. And any question I come up with, I go to these guys and they know the answer. I don't have to go to the internet, which you you can do and you'll get a lot of different things. But find a person in whatever you're doing, whatever category of automotive interest you have, Find people, make friends with them, know them, and you'll just suck up that knowledge, man. Yeah, it's incredible. I do a second podcast that my listeners know about, Buy, Sell, Hold, with Keith Martin. He's a publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine. And Keith went through a stroke last year, so he's still rehabilitating, still has some challenges with his left foot. So he decided, you know, I can't drive any of my cars anymore. I'm going to buy a couple automatics. And mm-hmm. he bought some cars. He recently bought a an old Volvo 122 automatic, nothing flashy or special, but he goes, mm-hmm. I've got the joy again. But he goes, I've never had a Volvo. So he reached out through his <laughs> enormous, and all of a sudden, all these Volvo people like came to him. Right. And within a day, within a day, he found a Volvo and bought a Volvo. He just did it again with a Jaguar Coupe, an XKE uh, Coupe. And so all of a sudden, he's now in this whole other group. But he said, you know, it's amazing. I found a car like within a day and bought a car within two days. And now I'm part of the Volvo group. And these people are calling me, giving me advice. And recently the car just broke down and found out it was a simple little thing. It was an electrode on a spark plug that stopped him. But um, now, as, as he said, he's flying through the air again. I'm not so sure in a 122 you fly through the air very fast. <laughs> but 
but you do have fun. But you're right. It's it's connect with people and it's so easy these days through forums, car clubs, join yeah. a car club. I mean, Mm-mm. they'll help you. People will leave their surgery, come to the phone and help <laughs> you with a car part. I've had it happen. So I know it for sure. How about a book, Rob? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, it's a great book. And then, you know, because I'm a Packard owner, I wanted to share this with everyone. It's called okay. The Fall of the Packard Motor Car Company. It's by a guy by the name of James A. Ward. And it's not just that Packard existed and they made cars and they folded. It tells the intricate details of the managers that ran the company, their lives, and how they used their personalities for the good and the bad of the company throughout the many decades that it was in operation. Fascinating book. Fascinating book. It's any car enthusiast, the fall of the Packard Motor Car Company. And it has a lot to do with economics and, and politics and management style and car style and, and everything and good and bad luck. So it's a fascinating book. Good read. I'll have to get my hands on that. Well, again, I'll remind our readers, if you go to carsdad.com, if you click on the resources tab at the top of the page there, there's a category called Guest Recommended Books, where this book will be listed, and well over 1,500 books are listed there. You could fill a complete create-your-own library from all these fantastic books that my guests recommend. So The Fall of Packard Motor Car Company by James A. Ward sounds like a worthy addition. All right, Rob, we're up to the checkered flag here. This last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a collector car today. And park it in your garage. Sounds like a dream, right? But there are a couple rules to this little game since I'm writing the check. Uh, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here at Cars Yeah. But here's the hard part. It's the only collector car you can have. That means you have to get rid of Ruby and your other Packard. Or oh, if you want to keep if you want to keep Ruby, you can. That just means I don't have to buy you a car today. So is there, that's what makes this question a little challenging. Is there another car, let's just say for today, that you'd like to park in your garage? It's funny because I really feel of the modern era, and I'll say of the modern era post-World War II, I really think I have the greatest Packard ever made. That is the 56 Caribbean. I love it. It is an amazing car. However, in the history of the company, and I look back at my life thinking about this, I admit it, I'm a big Mopar freak, a performance freak. Yeah. And, yeah. and I said, well, what if I, you know, Mark could buy me a Hemi Cuda convertible. <laughs> yeah. Those no things problem. are valuable. Lots of money there. That would be an incredible car. But I I am tempted to lean back into where I am now, and that is in the real collectible Packard era. And that is coming out of the out of the Depression, 1930, 1930 Custom 8 Phaeton 740. These were the... The ultimate in luxury cars of that era. It is just an, a stunning piece of automotive history, and that's that's why it would make me feel I would be the caretaker, the collector of a real piece of of moving artwork that that is really representative of a interesting time in America's history and the car industry history. And I, that would that would be something I really love to have. Yeah, no kidding. custom made. Yeah. Uh. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, you drive it and enjoy it and give people yeah. rides to their uh, dinners and anniversaries and weddings and all sorts of fun stuff. So why the heck go. not? Well, nice choice, my friend. Listen, Rob, this has been fun. You've taken us on a great ride. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. Uh, learned a few things from an expert like you on uh, speaking today that I'm going to carry forward. You do such a fantastic job. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars yeah audience. 
Before I let you go, though, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that beautiful custom-made Phaeton? Well, I guess, you know, it's been a very interesting conversation having I've had with you. And I, I really would like to say, whatever you're in, whatever field you're in, whatever hobbies you're in, you can find people that you can draw from. And my example today, I complimented you, and I really mean that sincerely, the way you set things up and your whole operation. I'm going to take pieces from that. So whatever you're doing, Great. Take, awesome. take pieces of, of the people you meet. Uh, find the good things they do, whether it's uh, traits in their personality, their businesses. Just always be an open book, just sort of a uh, an observer of the world. Observe what's going on. Take those things in and use them to your advantage because there's so many things out there that you can you can learn from and people you can learn from. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's a wealth of knowledge out there, and all of us car guys and gals, we love to share it. So lean on all of us, if you will. What's the best way for people to learn more about you and follow along with you? Okay, well, I would say you can you can uh, go to my podcast and, and hear, you know, just... I think whenever I listen to yours, I learn more about you and your personality. And same way with me, you go to Collecting Cars with Rob Conrad podcast, and you'll you'll hear the stories of of my interest in cars and other people. If you want to see my cars, uh, Collecting Cars with Rob Conrad is um, you know my my podcast. But see them. The website is Rob Conrad's Classic Cars dot com. Rob Conrad's Classic Cars plural. And that way you can see pictures of them. You connect with me through Facebook, Rob Conrad's Classic Cars. That's for the wedding business. But my, uh, you know, I'm always open to talking to people. Uh, Rob Conrad at iHeartMedia.com is my email. If you'd ever want to be on my podcast or learn more about this business, the radio business, or talk cars or whatever you'd want to do. I I love to talk to people. I love to engage with people. Absolutely. And I'll put all of this on Rob's show notes page so you don't have to write it down in case you're driving or riding or walking or whatever you're doing right now as you're listening to this podcast. And thanks for listening, by the way. I'll put it on his show notes page so you can connect with him and reach out to him. Obviously, you've learned he's a fantastic car guy and someone who loves to share what he does. Rob, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and sharing your experiences with Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Beautiful. I enjoyed it very much. Hey, Cars Yow listeners. This is Mark Green. If you love the Cars Yow podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts, who buy, sell, and hold investment vehicles, and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast on the Cars yeah! website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to Cars yeah! Buy, Sell, Hold will come right to your mobile device, just like the Cars yeah! podcast, automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!